This is Paul Mackey with another fragment for the Dog Days of Advent. This is a little further into what I'll only be calling Book One, because uh, I never came up with another title. The kids have been introduced to the general concept of their hero status. Steve and Jeremy have visited the local pub and met a lad, Pedraig, who uncannily resembles their friend Patrick they'd recently traveled with. The two of them, along with Patty, have encountered one of the bad guys, an evil mage controlling part of the Cabal, who is keeping Duluth cold for their own enrichment and power. The mage conjured and set loose upon them a tiger, which is now pursuing them patiently through the outer fringes of the city. Other Things A Fragment by Paul Mackey Pursuit by a Siberian Tiger Steve and Jeremy huddled close together at the side of the road, as far over as they could get in the deep snow. Pedreg walked cautiously back to the nearest bend in the road. Great puffs of vapor were visible from all three of them. I feel like we should say something and just get it out in the open. Jeremy looked from Pedreg's retreating form in the falling snow to Steve. Okay, I'll say it then. Why is there an almost exact doppelganger of Patrick here with almost exactly the same name? Steve furrowed his brow. What's a doppelganger? Pedreg stopped short. Yes, there it was, walking casually up the road, the tiger that had been pursuing them the last half hour or so. It paid no heed to any of the other people nearby, though they definitely tended to shy to one side or step back into the shacks they were stepping out from. Jeremy grimaced. A double. A lookalike? Steve shrugged. Figured it was just one of those things. Hadn't thought about it. Yeah, you don't seem to think about it very much. Before Steve could respond, he continued. Uh, what were you planning to say then? Oh, I was wondering why that magic guy would send a jungle cat to follow us in the snow. Jeremy took a deep breath and blew it out in a great cloud. Didn't you pay any attention during the seventh grade field trip down to the Minnesota Zoo? That's a Siberian tiger. Steve looked at Jeremy blankly. You know. Siberia? Northern Russia? So it's a Ruski spy tiger? Jeremy looked aghast, but Pedreg had gotten back to them before he could respond. Well, still back there, just walking. But still following us. Uh, why doesn't it just, like, try eating us? Well, Stephen, it might just be there to track us, observe us? Jeremy shrugged. Or maybe it won't do the dirty work till there's nobody around. Why do we keep moving toward the edge of civilization? Pedreg craned his neck back toward the bend in the road. I've seen these animals conjured before. They usually fade away. I'm not sure if that's to do with how far away we go or with time, but either way, it should eventually go. But in the meantime, you're both wearing swords. Yeah, it feels stupid, too. Steve sort of weighed the sword at his side. Gareth's into fencing, but I got no clue. You don't need a clue. Jeremy scoffed. It's not like the tiger has a sword to block you with. Just swing the thing, and you pretty much got it. Jeremy reached over and slapped the hilt. If you still need a clue, this is the end you hold. It's all right amusing, boys, but I'm freezing standing up here, and that tiger's only getting closer. Steve and Jeremy looked back, saw the form of the beast through the falling snow, and started walking again. It'd be really helpful if these magical powers would just start to happen. 
Steve fingered the medallion at his chest. If I have to wear a 70s sex medal, I'd like it to be working for me. Jeremy nodded. What bothers me is not even knowing what that even means. The medallions allow us to travel between the worlds and will also manifest us in our own unique magic. I mean, what if it's just like the magic in believing yourself or the magic of positive thinking? Patty shook his head. It's been a long time since there was a four, but I've heard there were real wizards, shooting fireballs, flying, capable of freezing people. Steve chuckled. Well, whichever one of us is freezing people better figure out how to stop, because I'm going numb here. Jeremy glanced back and stopped. Hey, I think it's fading, he squinted, not just falling behind in the snow. The tiger was indeed becoming hazy. The three boys stopped and watched as it came about a dozen steps closer, gradually fading until it was no longer there at all. Steve snorted. Magic. I'm not sure if I'm ever really going to believe it. Jeremy stared at him for a moment. You've been transported to an alternate 1920s where it's eternally winter. One of the mages who is perpetuating said cold to maintain their grip on power has just sent a disappearing tiger to pursue you. Okay... Steve allowed, but I don't believe I'm ever really going to have any of my own. So where are we? Dusk was falling, along with the steady snow, and there was a fair bit of forest surrounding them. I think I can see the lake faintly back there, and we've climbed a fair bit, so I'm guessing something like Proctor? In any case, far enough from town, we should probably look for shelter instead of trying to go back. Paddy puffed out a cloud of breath and nodded. It's fixing to get real cold real soon, boys. I think I'd rather be back at the pub than looking for a hole to huddle in. Steve clapped a hand on Petty's shoulder. That sounds like a... Steve's sentence ended abruptly, and Jeremy found himself standing alone in the road. You've been listening to Other Things, a Fragment by Paul Mackey. Music is Chronodermis by Nanochrist and is used by permission. So there you go, another bit of book one. Hopefully, it's been a bit interesting. This involuntary discovery of the teleportation power has been knocking about in here for quite some time, and the tiger as well, so I'm happy to get some portion of it out. I'd love to write the continuation of what happens to Jeremy alone on the edge of the town next, but I think the next thing will be the festive theme segment, and then dog days are over again, right? Happy hunting! You've been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast produced by Paul Mackey in association with Nimlas Studios. Any short clips of audio from shows is included under fair use for commentary purposes and copyright for that content remains with its original copyright holders. The theme song is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by his generous permission. One Idget's Thoughts is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can find more episodes of this podcast and many other fine podcasts at nimlas.org. You can contact me by emailing idgetcastpodcast at gmail.com or commenting on episodes at nimlas.org. Let's make a-